Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Isaiah 52 and I just want to open with a quick word of prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this time and this day. I thank you for the many blessings. I thank you for walking with us and being with us as we journey closer to you. As we move along on our path, I just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, that our spirits would be combined with yours, that you would touch us and we would know how to truly worship you, how to live for you, and to really understand who you are. I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 52... It's a continuation. There's two parts to it. And the first part is the continuation from 51, the cup of the Lord's wrath. And basically it's um, where God is pouring out his wrath on the enemies of Israel. The second part is the suffering and glory of the servant. So it gets into Christ's suffering. And then we'll also then move into in 53, um, his glory. So I'll just go ahead and start with verse one. Awake, awake Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Jerusalem, the holy city, the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says. You are sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. That's basically the definition of grace, right? We do nothing. We don't have anything. We don't deserve anything. And yet, we're given grace. Um, Okay, verse 4. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them mock declares the Lord. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, your ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from from there. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure. You who carry the articles of the Lord's house, but you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. So this is really a wonderful description of Israel who's in captivity, somewhat voluntarily potentially, and how they were down in Egypt and then they went to Assyria. And we've read about a lot of this. And now they're being set free that at the end here for the Lord will be, will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. So not only is he in front of them, he's behind them. 
i.e. he's surrounding them and protecting them. That's what our God does for us. He surrounds us and protects us. He leads our paths and then he also guides our back. Verse 13, the suffering and glory of the servant. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled by him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. So that's a pretty good example or description of Christ being lifted up after his crucifixion. When he, prior to the crucifixion, he was whipped and marred or and struck to such a point where he was disfigured, he was unrecognizable. The whips by the Romans often had things embedded in them, so they took off chunks of flesh and they whipped him, most of their prisoners, down to the bone. So you literally saw it. So Christ was unrecognizable and he went through that pain. But then the many nations that have been sprinkled, i.e. shown the love of God, and the, then the kings will be, keep quiet because of him. But there will be understanding for what they never knew at his coming. So it's a pretty interesting reading in scripture. And I just you know encourage you with that reading and pray that it would be beneficial to you. Going on to just part of my journey and sharing it with you. As I mentioned yesterday, I was doing a lot of reading with in A.W. Tozer's works. And I've been jumping through various ones. He has this series of eight, eight books that are written. I have three of them. And, you know, as I read through them or parts of them, they're so deep that they require a lot of concentration. And one of them I remember that I had read, and I just think it's very interesting here on some of the pieces I'll just share with you. And this is, on, this is from his book called The Knowledge of the Holy, The Attributes of God. And this one, there's a couple of statements I'll read. Among the sins to which the human heart is prone, hardly any other is more hateful to God than idolatry. For idolatry is at bottom a liable on his character. The idolatrous heart assumes that God is other than he is, in itself a monstrous sin, and substitutes for the true God one made after its own likeness. So here's what's interesting, is God makes us in his own likeness, and that's in spirit, but we're given a body in order to survive and function on the earth. If we then change the the perception of who God is, then that's seeing God incorrectly, but it's something that we're doing and therefore we're creating an idol, a false idol. And that's angering to God. And so when we think about that, when we think about our readings that we've had throughout, you know, Isaiah about how God gets very unhappy about idolatry, it's a very important concept to understand and to make sure that we are looking at God as who he, who he truly is. Further, um, Tozer writes, Let us beware, 
lest we in our pride accept the erroneous notion that idolatry consists only in kneeling before visible objects of adoration, and that civilized people are therefore free from it. The, the essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thoughts about God that are unworthy of him. It begins in the mind and may present and may be present where no other act of worship has taken place. So it's just the mere thinking and application of incorrect attributes to God is idolatry. It's thinking of him in the incorrect ways. And I think that's really hard for a lot of us to get because if we're doing our best, is it a sin? But are we really doing our best to learn about him, to understand him, to fellowship with him? And that's, you know, the difference between today's modern Christian and potentially the ones from the past. If you look at some of the workings or writings of past saints and you know you really Thomas Aquinas and just some of the others you really can see how and these were works that people read as part of schooling or whatever it might be Um, and when you look at that versus today's society those writings were very deep and they're about the attributes of God today's society we go to church, we're told that he's a really nice guy who loves us and wants to solve our problems. And two totally different images. I don't disagree that he wants to help us, but I think he's more concerned about us being the right, you know, achieving the right life and understanding of him and living the right life, uh, being the right person than trying to solve our problems. So it's just an interesting concept here that Tozer's putting out there that in today's world is very different than what I grew up with. Um, number one, that we're spirit with a body versus a body with a spirit. To me, that just is remarkable because I always thought of God kind of as a, like I said, might've said yesterday, you know, some big dude with a belly and gray hair, right? Cause that's me. And so I'm made in his image, but I was applying it to the physical instead of the spiritual. So the fact that I'm spirit, which is in God's image, and then I have a body so I can function on earth, That's real, and that's the human experience, um, then that really also helps me a little bit. And I know this isn't a clear thought or a proper thought, well-defined thought at this point, but if God is spirit, it makes the Trinity for me a lot easier to understand because you have God who then gives us a part of him, which is the Holy Spirit. And then you have Jesus who, again, is God's spirit, but wrapped in human form. So if God is spirit, God is, can take parts of him to do to perform and do different things. So that just helps me a lot with understanding who he is. Anyways, with that, I'm just going to close with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for my friends here, the people out there. I just pray that you would watch over them, that you would guide them, that you would open their hearts to your word and to who you are. I thank you that they join me, and I just pray for their journey to be one in which they grow and become closer to you. I pray for their hearts and their minds and their friends and their families. I lift up all of our families. I lift up our leaders. I pray that they would have wisdom. I pray that those who are, who are leading 
our country, that they would be shown the right things to do. I pray that those that are not doing the right things that are not taking the putting the, the people first and that are simply putting themselves first, I pray that they would be uh, that they would be convicted of their ways and that you would be the one who they start to understand is the leader of all things. I just praise you for all you've done. I pray for peace. I pray for knowledge and understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me and have a wonderful day.